0: MusicForLunch.com said her music leaves you exhausted but leaves a fire burning in your soul that wasn't there before. Now Magazine, a tornado of a stage presence. When I saw her earlier this year, headlining the Horseshoe Tavern, she blew the roof off of the historic venue. I am thrilled to welcome to the show Sate. <laughs> hi <laughs> is that all
1: right <laughs> yeah absolutely thanks for
0: coming thanks for having me i really really appreciate it it feels like forever since you did that show and i like, go oh it's just this year
1: yeah it was just this year but yeah. it was forever
2: yeah so long ago i have to yeah. say hats off to you for that show that was i didn't know what to go in expecting <laughs> and 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 i know there's some tweets about it but it really did remind me of the first time, and I had no idea who this band was. I was told it was a stupid rip, Jimi Hendrix ripoff cover band, according right. to the article in the newspaper. And then to sit, thankfully front row, to see Live in Color open up for oh, Robert Palmer—a
1: stupid
2: Jimi yep, Hendrix. Yeah, that's, that's what that's what the person said. Who about. wrote that? It was. Um, Please I
1: tell to, me this person's I, name. Yeah,
2: Again, I will find them. Yes, I know. And so, so we were actually sitting in the in the, the oh, lounge Oh, hold
1: on! I'm so mad. <laughs> oh, oh. Yep. Yeah. Living Color was one of the bands. Like, I mean, other than Jimi Hendrix and Funkadelic, and you know, like all the the greats. But Living Color and Fishbone were yep. the two bands when when I was like this is music that really speaks to me soundgarden and Beatles and you know like black sabbath all of them spoke to me but they didn't represent me they didn't look mm, like me so right. to see living color and to see fishbone i was like yeah so fuck whoever said that <laughs> I,
2: I agree i mean i mean we were honestly we were sitting in the back in the
1: lounge having a
2: drink and jeff who was one of my bandmates at the time mm-hmm. we were with our girlfriends having a glass of wine or beer or whatever it was and all of a sudden, we hear the sound coming from inside the hall. We're just Are like, you fucking kidding me? What, Corey the Glover? what the hell is that? We go running to our <laughs> seats, and our minds were like, like I got goosebumps. Oh. My life changed that day. From and that you shot. traveled to see them, too. I've traveled a few you times to see them since. But yeah. You really, really love that band. Oh and you my gosh. opened for them.
1: Yes. Like, that's get. Really? Goosebumps. Yeah, goosebumps yeah, yeah. I did. Tell me about that. Um, when I mean, was this? I, it, it was, um, oh, God. It was at Opera House. God. Um, it was maybe six years ago. A dream. Oh Oh my my God. Not so long ago. Oh my God. A dream. Yeah. Um, and then, and then also at Afropunk, mm, three years ago go three years so it might have been longer than six years no it might have been six years but three years ago there was a super jam at afropunk with bad brains fishbone and living color wow and, and i was playing afropunk and i have a relationship with fishbone more than i do with with living color but um actually i i was talking to vernon reed about producing red black and blue actually seriously mm. I, yeah wow. and, and sat down with him and I mean it, it's hard not to be like oh my god <laughs> Vernon Reed <sighs> he knows my name <laughs> uh. um genius fucking oh, but he really he really gave me stuff to work with for the process of making that album just didn't end up happening with him um Yeah, I walked into the hotel in Brooklyn when I was doing Mm punk, and Angelo Moore was there, and I had just opened up for Fishbone, and I had, like, through my sister, my sister had dated one of the guys in Fishbone, and another friend of mine had dated another guy in Fishbone, so I was kind of around. (laughs) <laughs> and but i was like a kid and uh, i was just reminding him of that when he was in toronto when i opened up for him so instantly he was like oh shit your family and i was like yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah so when i walked into that brooklyn hotel he was like sate like, you know okay what? so <laughs> we're doing this thing i want you on stage and i was like oh uh, yeah So I was on stage with Corey Glover and, you know, Angelo and, and, uh, George Clinton came on too. Oh, wow. So it was was Uh, pretty fucking heavy. That's that's epic. That's pretty fucking (laughs) heavy. You know, like, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you, you mentioned that, you know, you
0: mentioned bands like, like Soundgarden, mm-hmm. you were into them, Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. but there was something about living color because they quote, they looked yeah like you. And
1: Representation I've, matters.
0: Yeah. Okay, so so a couple of things. I, I want to mm-hmm. ask you, why why for you does it matter to you? Mm-hmm. And, and number two, I, I, I recall reading yesterday that people had a hard time putting together that you were a black woman and you were in... Punk music, or punk rock music. Talk to me about both of those. So being accepted as, as a punk rocker, and, and why representation matters for you.
1: Um, I think representation matters uh, because it determines our confidence. Um, it determines how how we feel about ourselves. You know, I I'm, uh, for example, I love magazines. I love 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 magazines, but um, when I look at magazines, it's starting to marginally get better. Mm-hmm. But when I look at magazines, there's maybe two or three that have brown faces on them. Four, Oprah, Ebony, Essence, and uh... Oprah, Ebony, <laughs> Essence. That is a that is a constant. Mm um and and those exist because it wasn't a common thing to see a black face on a magazine cover mm-hmm. Um, When you grow up as a brown person, as a person of color, and you don't see yourself, Mm -hmm. you don't think you exist. You don't think that you can do the things that everyone else can do. Because we have blood, we have a heart, we shit, we eat, we fuck, we do the same things that everyone else does. But when we don't see each other doing those things, Mm -hmm. we think we're anomalies, and we're not. Mm. So that's why representation matters.
0: You, you grew up with, uh, I don't know, is it fair to say, in your mom's shadow? Is that is that fair to say? I mean, I... Order of Canada. Be,
1: uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, she's fucking great. Yeah.
0: She's, well, she's yeah. great. Salome Bay, I want yeah. to make sure we say her name. Yes, yes.
2: Um, and your Uncle Andy.
1: And my Uncle Andy. And my Aunt Jerry. Yeah and my sister, and my cousin, um, Aisha and Darius, who are Jerry's kids, and my cousin Ronnie, and my cousin Denise, like, and my, like, and, and, and. Like, I come from a family full of performers.
2: Yeah. Yeah, What was that like growing up? Like, that's one thing I wanted to do with your mom and your uncle and being around that scene and just like, and what's an inspiration for you as you're growing up?
1: You know, Growing up, my mom is mom. Mm-hmm. No matter what the fuck she does, she's mom. How is she, by the way? How's she doing? Um, she's hanging in. Okay. She's got dementia, yeah. so um, it's it's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. It's um, yeah. yeah. It's sorry, a, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but... um, so I mean, like when when discipline had to happen, it wasn't you know she didn't she didn't not because sure. she was Salome day. <laughs> you know like, she's famous. still mom she's mom you know um but she did encourage my creativity she mm-hmm. did encourage like whenever I whenever when I said that I wanted to go to a school like Fame she found the school like Fame and I went to that school yeah. you know um she put me on stage when I was really young uh, she was very, very encouraging of my uh, fashion, creative expression, all creative expressions. Um, yeah, she was really encouraging in that sense. So it was just, you know, music all the time. We had a ton of records. But it wasn't only my mom. It was mm. my dad, too. because. Okay. He he owned his. Um, I would say the biggest thing that maybe you might know is he owned a restaurant called the Underground Railroad. Okay. And it was one of the only soul food restaurants in in Canada at the time. Maybe um, definitely in Ontario. Maybe not in Ontario because there are a lot of black settlements in in Ontario, but it was. Definitely where, where was this though? Very close to Pacific Junction. No way. Yeah, it was at King and Sherburn.
2: Yeah. Do you remember the place? I know. I mean, oh yeah, way.
1: It was um, infamous. Yeah. You know, uh, everybody who went, th- everybody went there because there was no soul food in Toronto. Mm. Uh, it started at Bloor and Sherburne, and then it moved down to King and Sherbourne. Um, Then it moved to, I think, Front and Jarvis. But by that time, my dad was not a part of it. Um, it was an experience to walk into that space. It um, they created an alternate universe in which people, the the servers and the maitre D and everyone were dressed in porter outfits. Hmm. Um, there were there was barn uh, interior. Um, there was exposed brick. There were wagon wheels. There was. Um, the, the placemats on the table had information about Sojourner Truth and Frederick Douglass and, and Harriet Tubman talking specifically about the Underground Railroad. So yeah. the food was soul food. And there was storytelling there. There was, you know, the, it, was, it was an experience. You were wow. going there for an experience. Conversation. You know, Rod Stewart was there. Mick Jagger was there. Bill Cosby, O.J. Simpson, Joe Jackson, all the... Like, everybody who came through looking for soul food, Mm -hmm. that was where to go. Pierre Trudeau would go there. You know, like, people... People were there. Brian Mulroney. Like, everyone. Everyone.
0: Yeah. Everyone.
1: Politicians, actors, entertainers, athletes. um, Two of the owners were athletes, were American athletes. So that was part of it my mom um, one of the other owners was like my dad's best friend so he's like my uncle and his name is Archie Aline and he was like a renowned jazz player he played with Billie Holiday when wow. she came here cuz he was the only black drummer to find here in representation matters mm-hmm, right yeah. mm-hmm. um, and my dad before then my dad was always in music and food. He wasn't a musician, but Mm -hmm. he always bridged that gap there. So he, before then, had a club up at, uh, on Asquith, right across the street from the the public library, the reference library, Mm -hmm. called the First Floor Club. And it was an after-hours club. And Muddy Waters played there, you know, like, Ian and Sylvia, before they were Ian and Sylvia. So during the Yorkville... Kind of yeah yeah that so it's not just my mom mm-hmm. that's that's
0: you're surrounded by surrounded
1: constant
0: that's, that's that's a very very interesting upbringing that 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 you very that you colorful must, yeah <laughs> very colorful like two types of you you got you get your school education and then you yeah. get your education on weekends yeah and in oh, the yeah. evening constantly constantly how how did this how did this influence who you are today like I can see the music part yeah right being exposed to you know music all over the place yeah Uh, but how did it it influence you as a person
1: um it it um I think it made me very curious and open Mm -hmm. and um yeah uh explorative Mm -hmm. yeah
0: curious you know that's really really cool was there pressure? Like, did you feel pressure that... To become... Yeah, that... <laughs> oh my goodness, like, everyone who's anyone is popping in and out of these places, and mm-hmm. mom is singing all over the place, mm-hmm. and she's on TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you feel pressure that you needed to step up? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Was that a good pressure? Like, did you, did you thrive to want to be someone, or was it mom or dad or people mm-hmm. around you saying, hey, look who's around you, you better do something?
1: Um, you know, my mom put me on stage really young. Yeah. I, I was. She on... dragged
0: you on stage or she invites you on stage? I,
1: you know, I, I mean, I was. Probably
0: a bit I of was both, right? young. Yeah. I
1: was young. And, you're, you know, you know you're seat, young yeah. and you want to like, <laughs> I want to be on stage and be with mom. And, you yeah. know, uh, so I was on stage at Massey Hall when I was six. Wow. Singing a solo. You know, my mom had me singing. Um, but I was also dancing, too. So there mm. was, like, that split kind of thing. I was, wanted to dance, but I wanted to sing, but I wanted to... T- so, I mean, whatever. I did I did everything. Mm-hmm. But pressure to... It, it was kind of a given, you know? We might as well have had our last name Singer.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: like... like
2: so when you we were in like sort of high school age and going into the performing arts schools and yeah. there, uh, like was that, was that something you really wanted to do at that time or did you still feel it was part of what you were supposed to do?
1: So when I was in high school, I, um, I, was, I went to Claude Watson or mm. Earl Haig, Claude Watson, yeah. and I was actually a dance major. Mm. So I didn't, the only music that I took was um, orchestra and I played tuba. Mm-hmm. And when can you still play tuba? I still that would be have. So cool. You still have you know, one. I have one. <laughs> I haven't played it in a very long time. And Bring that I mean, on stage. I, dude, was so. I used to have a tuba in my band, actually, at oh, one yeah, point in time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and then I mean, word got around that you know. She's Salome Bay's daughter. She probably sings and they asked me so I would sing mm-hmm. at like assemblies and special kind of things. Yeah. But I wasn't singing in the choir or anything or, you know, jazz choir or what whatever. Dance, what dance were you doing? Modern ballet. Okay. Um everything. Yeah. Everything. Um yeah. That was mostly modern ballet. old step and hip hop and um I got into West African dance after high school um, and tap I was into for mm-hmm. a bit and yeah but I mean I love I love m- moving music for me doesn't doesn't resonate with me if it doesn't move me hmm. like it, it ha- like sure. literally has to move me and, mm-hmm. and
2: I have to say that mm-hmm. I could I, I I don't know if I can speak on behalf of both of our wives, but when you hit the oh, stage... Were
1: you, both of your wives Oh yeah, there we were there with our yes. the But
2: when you hit the stage yeah. and the way you just took control and moved, yeah. the, the two of them were just like... Because again, we didn't, with all due didn't respect, know. we didn't know what we were getting into yeah. to that scale. Yeah. And it, I mean... To be honest, we came for the first act, right? Like, right. we're friends well, with... We, with Ajay, sure. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're friends with... I mean, yeah. Ajay was my brother's bandmate back yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, that's why we're there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But as soon as you... Like, it was just... The, the, the two... Our two wives were just like... They, they were, there, they were like, we They were like, holy fuck. And they just... They couldn't stop watching... And taking in what, what you were doing. And my snakes. wife is more into like Madonna and Lionel Richie. And... I, love,
1: I love Madonna and Lionel <laughs> Richie. You know yeah. and, and,
0: and for her to go, that was awesome, I
1: go, really? You? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know? I, um, thank you. You know what? Most times when, when uh, there are a lot of people that see me for the first time, like, mm-hmm. and they're like, I didn't. Know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I I get that a lot. Yeah, I get that right. a lot. You know. When but did cool? <laughs> That's <was> crazy. <laughs> when did you <laughs> crazy good? <again.
0: laughs> you know what? I want to take a detour. You you
1: did bodybuilding. Oh, I love bodybuilding. Okay, okay. I do. Okay. I I, I lift weights. Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do.
0: You, you didn't do it. Were you perfect? doing it. Profet- I <laughs> wish. Yeah.
1: That's a dream of mine. Really, one, yeah. one day. Yeah, one day. Yeah. One day. I'll just like go like left of it won't be left of center. I'm just, like, come ripped. I'm like, oh, yeah. When did you start focusing on singing? Um So, okay, I'll go back to the pressures of my mom. Yeah. Um for a while, you know, I was proud of my mom, of course. Sure. And it's, and it's a little bit of a bragging, right? You know, get on the the school ground and you're like, my mom, me Bae, yeah. who's yours? You know, <laughs> like, well, my mom. And when I went, and then, and then it, as I got older, it was kind of like, people would know and they would expect me to be like her. mm or do. So, like same style. Same style. Everything. And that's when I started to really feel the pressure. So I stopped telling people who my mother was. Okay. I literally, like, yes, this is... So that I could create my own. Yeah. Figure out my own. Like, flying the coop, I needed to get out on my own and fuck up and fall down and get up and, you know, figure it all out. Um and then when I started to figure it out, that's when, that's when I started to kind of go, yes, this is my, this is my mom. This mm-hmm. is my mom. Um, so, shit, now I forgot what your question was. What was your question? Getting into singing? <laughs> I mean, went, like,
0: professional? Like, going from, going from dancing and focusing on that, that that was going to be your, you know, whole thing to.
1: So, I, after high school, I did showboat. Okay. I mm-hmm. was in the production oh, when wow. was here. Here in yeah. Toronto, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I was dancing and singing in that. But then after the show, I'd run downtown because it was up in North
0: York. It was up in North York,
1: Um I'd run downtown to sing in the band that I was in. So I was focused on singing okay. a lot. Um, that band was called Black Sam. And my sister... Myself, um, another vocalist named Shannon Maracle. Uh we were the three lead vocals, but then there were four guys in the band, um, Washington Savage, and he's, he's passed, so rest in mm. peace, um, Adrian X, who played guitar, uh, JK played bass, and Sekou played drums. Um, Washington played Keys and he was like our musical director and arranger and so we we were kind of like on vogue meets uh, I don't know living color <laughs> really? like yeah right, it I was, was going to ask you your sound okay fine. it was mm-hmm. very it was, it was black music so it was blues it was jazz it was rock it was funk mm. it was punk it was it was black music yeah um so we we yeah, we just stretched boundaries. Um and there's still like what we were doing is still nothing like it. There's mm-hmm. no there's no buddy doing what we were doing. We were pretty um especially in Toronto. It was like Danko Jones was around and um what was that fucking I, I don't think he's an asshole now because I, I know his, I know his wife I like his wife um, but I think it was a whole persona and I was like he was such a fucking asshole Robin Black and in the Intergalactic yeah, rocks yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like you're such a fucking asshole. but I realized that it was like this thing stage for him yeah and I secretly kind of wanted to be him too so. <laughs> you've yeah. taken my I't want to be you. Was what stuff. was he like on stage? Uh, what, kind of,
0: uh, <laughs> what kind of a presence, presence did he have?
1: It was like glam rock, I guess.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah it's just like... I mean, like 90s was... Toronto was totally different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Toronto was totally different. In like what was, way? There was a lot more clubs yep. to play in. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were a yeah. lot more clubs to play in. Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, I think you might have actually gotten paid to play, you know, a little mm. taken care of. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd had a club, The Bamboo was around, um, Reverb, Big Bop was around. Um, like, yeah.
2: Siboney, yeah. Had yeah. Spadina Hotel, yeah. Like, There's tons, yeah.
1: There, yeah. so, Caballon, and so. that's not even from my parents' era because it was all Young Street when they were around, and it wasn't Queen Street at all, but mm. Queen Street is not what it used to be. Yeah. Wow. What,
0: is that? What, is it? what has that, the, the disappearance of these local clubs meant to performers like yourself?
1: Well, I mean, it's a new era, so everything is online. Mm. It's, a, it's totally different it's totally different you know you have to have numbers in order to get people out to see you that's kind of why i love europe because they see that there's music happening and they'll just go Hmm. that's that's the culture that's the culture they'll just go and discover something
2: yeah It's interesting you say that because there was a there was a discussion happening with Greg Godovitz and and Bernie LaGarge on Facebook just a couple mm. days ago, mm-hmm. and it was an interview that Greg did with um, with City, mm-hmm. he was talking about back. I mean, he was more of the seventies, eighties, seventies, eighties timeline, which is, um, and he, you know, he was talking about like all these venues are disappearing, and yeah. one of the conversations that happened or sub conversation, I guess, sub thread that was interesting was. Um, back then, and I even think, well, not even think, it's true to the late '80s, early '90s, was you either, you either listen to a, a shitty feed on your radio station, mm-hmm. um, or you know, before CDs, you you, had, you were listening to a turntable that was scratchy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or you went out and saw a show if you really mm-hmm. want to see the band. Yeah. yeah. Where today we have so many vehicles that bring us the music. Yeah. That, it's and so it it sucks because I go see so many shows, I love seeing shows live, yeah. but just so many people are just consuming it at home and not getting out to the venues. And I think yeah. that's having a large impact, or was, at least that was a discussion that we were having, was that's a huge impact on the number of clubs.
1: Well, I think, yeah, that that and the fact that the people that are going out to see music... They're going out to bigger venues for the bigger acts Mm. that have the machine and the money.
0: They're going to the ACC to see an act that's
1: already popular. Exactly. So they have that machine behind them. And the machine is totally different. They don't have the same money that they they Mm -hmm. had. But it's still the level, the hierarchy of a signed act that's got... Forty billion streams on on Spotify is is different than like when you go viral or people uh, like your or stream your song or or like your song. That's when things start happening. Mm-hmm. You it's it's a fucked up situation where like you can be the greatest performer and really talented, but. If your song doesn't hit and and like poke through in in the streaming world, or you don't have some sort of story somehow or alliance with someone, you know, then then you're just you've got to find your way somehow, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and you definitely won't get paid from Spotify if you've got like. Yep. Do you feel pressured to
0: write for? Um, the algorithm?
1: I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, I want to survive. Sure. Yeah. But I also, like, my, I can't get on stage and do something that doesn't resonate with me, that doesn't move me. Mm -hmm. Like, I just can't do it. Yeah. No matter what. You know? Like, Like... I think there's there's millions of people in this world and there's places to go for people to consume other than being, like, the most popular. And and how do people become that popular? Like, I, I just... I hear some really fucked up shit from people that are in those, those groups. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I really want it? Do I really want that? Mm-hmm. You know? I want to travel the world and yeah. I do travel the world. I want to continue traveling the world and and play for lots of fucking people. But like yeah. It's yeah, it's a conversation that I have with self.
0: Mhm and what's what's the answer that comes back to you
1: <laughs> I mean you know I am a libra so it changes so <laughs> and it goes this way and that way <laughs> so
2: how do, yeah. how does um, i know spirituality is very important to you how does mm-hmm. that impact you talked about libra here this mm-hmm. week way, way. like like how does that all impact the music your life
1: oh like, god
2: um I maybe mean, that's too big well, of a question to ask but
1: no no actually the this this album that i've written it's called the fool and I, I've, I mean, even, even the last album, Red, Black, and Blue, uh, it w- was a sort of catharsis. Um, actually, Red, Black, and Blue is definitely a catharsis. It was, I was really dealing with um, strong emotions around my sister, my mother, and my daughter. Um, and just how to be a mother, daughter. And a sister and still be me and and just like balance all that stuff out there was a lot of turmoil going on and depression and anxiety and just like just trying to find myself Uh, so I had to write that out um, and I'm glad I did because it really helped me realize and release certain things that were just like adhering to my spirit Um, so, the fool is, I, I've i always been into tarot and numerology and astrology and all the occult and uh, witchcraft and, and, you know, um, that stuff. So, the fool is the fool's journey of the tarot, um, my own fool's journey, because I believe that we are all fools on our own journey. So... That's how I think, I think spirituality and that always, um, affects my music and comes into play with, because that's who I am and I'm the brand and I'm the, you know, like I'm the, the voice. So, um, that's, I always write from the place of who I am and what affects me. Um, maybe it's selfish. (laughs) (laughs) No. <laughs> or self-full. Yeah, sure. And, and that's,
2: <laughs> I guess that dovetails into a question I had as well, which is <clears throat> becoming sate. hmm mm-hmm. Was that around some, like, sort of where did that... How, how did you get through the journey yeah. to that, to become mm-hmm. that?
1: hmm mm-hmm. um, So my first, my first, first album, my first solo album... Uh, under the the name that I was given at birth Mm -hmm. uh, Saida Baba Taliba and um, there were a number of things that happened like I learned a lot it was, you know, my first baby, so it was precious and like, you know, do it right and wait and have to be the right songs and perfect and every, and yes, all of that, but it didn't have to be so precious, um, I'm learning, but uh, you, you get, you get better at it as you do it more. Um, I realized that there, there are a lot of influences, um, in me from listening to music from being with my mom from singing on stage with my mom being in musical theater being you know singing backgrounds for R&B and hip hop acts and soul acts loving jazz and blues and singing that and then but also gravitating towards rock and roll and so all of that was on the first album and people were like we don't know where to put you yeah. Fuck you! Put me on fucking stage. Like, how about that? You know, um, and also there were a lot of ignorant people who had issue with my name, uh, and and you know it was it was around. I mean, there's still Islamophobia, so. It, there were a lot of people that had issue with my name, mm-hmm. and and fuck them, you know. Mm-hmm. I also, when I got on stage, my I gravitated towards heavier, louder, grittier stuff. I I I'm not a soul singer. I'm not an R and B singer. Mm-hmm. That's not what I do. That's not what I want to do. That's not how I express. So people would hear the album
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then they'd see me live and they'd go, "That's a rock and roll show. That's not what the album is, you know yeah. So that was my evolution. Okay. I started to evolve and, and it started to really evolve away from who I thought I, I, I started to evolve into something new um, a butterfly. This saint, this saint, saint the butterfly, the panther. Yes, awesome. yeah.
0: Did you feel you were running away or you were running towards something when you when you did it? Because you, you talked about how your name would make people maybe look at you differently.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so did you feel that you were doing that to appease? Absolutely Pe- not. No. Okay.
1: Because I'm still me, mm-hmm. um, and still there's there's still racism and sexism Mm -hmm. in the industry and Mm -hmm. in the world so like and I'm still black and I'm still a woman (laughs) you know like no matter what name no matter what name uh but the name really um it really spoke to me and I remember the first time someone called me by that name and I answered and I was like oh that's my name yeah you know so yeah
0: on your website, there's that definition, right? Satisfy a desire to the full. Yeah. Um, what does it mean? In, like, what does it mean? What's that What's that feeling that it gives to you?
1: Uh, euphoria. Um, I, um, when I walk on stage or when I'm about to walk on stage or mm-hmm. thinking about it, it's the The intention for me is to be even more free and more open than I was before, so I think that's satisfaction and fullness for mm. me. Like just, just more, more surrender. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Your first album.
1: Yeah.
0: You made. Using is it pledge music? Yeah, pledge music.
1: I don't know what's going on with
0: them now, but but you did a lot of (laughs) you did a lot of um, you know, you you worked with your fans, Mm -hmm. right? You Mm -hmm. you 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 had them sort of pick the singles, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and helped to create this this work of art. Tell me about tell me about your the reasoning behind that and the experience of 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 creating an album that way,
1: um. My The reason I did that that way is because I had... So I did three EPs, Mm -hmm. one red, one black, one blue. Um, And they were all songs that I loved. So I was like, it would be great to interact with the people that are consuming the music Mm -hmm. and ask them which songs they'd like to hear on the album. So I polled it. And uh, the top 10 songs. There were 18 songs that were recorded and 10 songs that ended up on the album. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I haven't released the other... Well, I guess 11 songs are released because on on iTunes you can get a bonus track. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that was my reasoning behind it. It's like, I mean i I do it for me, but I also do it for the people that are listening. So, mm-hmm. if you're if you're part of this, why not choose the ones that you like and and we can go from there.
2: You, you do interact with people on social. I know.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes. We
2: tweeted back and forth a bit after the first show. Which
1: yes. I remember
2: thinking you were from out of town. And yes. Like, no, I'm from Toronto. And we you're talked like, about I Biff I don't Naked.
1: I know all that.
2: I don't that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> like. How do you feel the how do you feel about interacting on social and do you
1: I love yeah. and hate it okay um, it, uh, it's it, no, I shouldn't say I hate it. My mother always told me hate is a strong word dislike <coughs> I love and dislike it and, and that's because I think sometimes it's like the, the fact that we carry cell phones and people can reach us all the time. You know, you can call, like, sometimes I, I step outside myself and watch people around, and I'm like, everybody has a cell phone, everyone's reachable. Everyone's
0: facing as it is.
1: Yeah, like, everyone is, like, it. it it's crazy. So... You, there's that pressure also that because you are so accessible that when you get a tweet or someone likes on your Instagram or someone like texts you or mm-hmm. you know that you have to answer right away you know mm-hmm. um, and if you don't it's a missed opportunity or 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 someone's gonna think you're an asshole or you know it, so it's it's a it's a fun like it's a It's a balance between, like, being there and, like, being human. Like, sometimes I just want to be by myself. I don't even want to be around my family. (laughs) Like, much less... And it is an energetic... Like, yes, I'm on my phone and I don't know you, but that is an energetic exchange. Mm -hmm. Just like we're having an energetic exchange, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like... When you, when I'm on stage and I'm putting out all that energy and then I'm getting all that energy back, it's the same as when I put up a post and like 500 people like it and 100 people make comments and I'm like, okay, I love you too, thank you, thank you
2: thank <laughs> you know and, and you want to you like, like oh. Oh. you
1: know yeah and I want yeah, to yeah, yeah. but sometimes I just it be tiring though it is yeah. and then I want to make music and then I want to like go out and be with my friends yeah. and then I want like, to yeah. you it's know chill like, and have a pizza yeah like it it's a it's a lot and this so when, world is a lot
2: when you say that you're on stage you give out and it comes back I'd love to get your view on mm-hmm. cell phones like people recording because I've got musician buds that hate hate people having cell phones and we now have concerts where you have to put it in the bag and you know mm-hmm. what I mean and you're not mm-hmm. allowed to have your mm-hmm. phone at the show. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I I think it's unfortunate that um, there are people that haven't experienced concerts without cell phones mm-hmm. um, to have that balance. Because uh, I just went and saw Rainwolf. I don't know if you know who Rain okay, you both need to you all yeah okay. all need to know about Rainwolf. I love him. Cool. Uh, he was at Drake Underground and there were there were a lot of people there and I won't say that everyone had their cell phone out. But I definitely did not have my cell phone out, and and I was very aware of that because I really wanted to take it in. I just wanted to, I wanted to be present, and and then maybe take take evidence of the fact that I was there. Mm-hmm. I was there, yeah. you know, um, and. And also help the artists like sure. spread the so it's like
0: There's a balance, all of right, that. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's great to have cell phones um, at concerts because it spreads the word. Extends for the yeah, yeah, like when when I and then I saw Jack White at um,
0: Budweiser, Budweiser, Budweiser uh, Yeah, I went to that yeah. show as well. Yeah, it
1: was great, and it was really cool to not have the cell phone because you really had to take it in you really had to be there yeah um and thankfully he has his in-house photographer that you can just like scoop the, yeah. the photos off his page and be like I was there I was there <laughs> and not that he yeah. needs and not that he needs people it
0: people taking photos to, to pump his name
1: yeah, yeah. And they're great photos, so yeah. so you're not like left with a double chin and whatever. <laughs> the good. lighting wasn't good. Like, you know, like <laughs> angles or whatever, like uh, you know, which which whatever. It's it's real. It's mm-hmm. human. Um, so I'm again, a, I love her, and I like. Yeah. I think I think it's just depending on the person, but I think it is cool to be conscious. Of being in a space where there's art happening, mm-hmm. and just like be there, be there. I, how I, are I'm you on things. stage? Like, yeah. How. Like
0: how do you, how do, how does that feel to you when you when you've got screens in front of people's faces? Like yeah. You, like how how do you how do you get that energy or what does it do to you?
1: I'm um. Serious. I don't really focus on the screens I think I think I I have to separate like mm-hmm. my if I if I hold any disdain disdain towards it which I which I don't really um, I know that people are like excited oh my god okay I like this and I, I think that's that's sure what I what I feel yeah I like this you
0: know. Yeah. Um, but it's not off putting to you as a performer when you're on stage and you see that.
1: No, okay. I'll right. get up in the camera if yeah. I want to. <laughs> you know, like and 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 that's what I've seen, like for some other performers, it is still interactive. Like yeah. when you see that happen, you can see people like hone in on someone's got their they're watching and they're they're taping and then the artist comes like right to you and you're like, "Oh my god. Oh my god." Yeah. You know like, "I know. I would like Oh my god, you saw me." <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know. And only I got that. Yeah. So, yeah. That
0: is cool. Uh you, you talked about your 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 latest album, The Fool. Is it is it out yet? It is not. <laughs> it's not yet. So tell me what's happening with What's happening with that album? You've already released the first single. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Dirty, Dirty Little, Little lie. lie.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, what's happening with it? I'm, I'm going to shoot another video for another yeah. single. Which um, song? Which song? The World. Did you play that at Yes, the I did. Which one was that one? It was probably one of the last yeah. ones. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was interesting last night going through you know just
0: researching you and 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 hearing some of your tunes like oh I loved that song that you you performed on stage (laughs) I go yeah it's still in my head yeah oh Wicked yeah there's some really really cool stuff we can expect it soon no
1: problem (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) well I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm holding on to it a Mm -hmm. little. uh. Why? Cause I think uh, well, I would like a machine of some sort mm, okay. to help me gotcha. put this album out. Gotcha. Fair. And it doesn't have to. It, it doesn't have to be the big machine, mm-hmm. um, because if it's the big machine, it has to be on my terms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all for. I'm all for independent, mm-hmm. I'm all for the team and and that's part of a that's a machine as well. just having the right the mm-hmm. key players you know so that's really what I want. I want a machine as opposed to myself and my manager mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. it is right yeah. now so it's it's yeah, yeah um. And I think I'm going to write a couple more songs. I'm, I'm That's where I was
2: going. That's what I was wondering. That's what I was wondering.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Greg mm-hmm. wants to play the guitar on your...
1: Oh, on your,
2: I retired the guitar. I retired the guitar a long Did year. you retire? No, I just didn't know if, like, if you still felt there was more to add to the album. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was
1: going with that. Yeah. I feel there is. Yeah. I feel there is. Mm-hmm. I've got an itch. Yeah. I've got an itch. Yeah. So, so I'm going to... I'm gonna go back to the drawing board, um, and and work on some stuff. Yeah, to add. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you this for has been lovely. Me.
2: This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I'm just fanning out, geeking <laughs> <laughs> out here. I oh, got goosebumps. Are just like,
1: yeah. Oh, this thank awesome. you.